Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter, and we have our partner in crime, Brad Thompson. BT, 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 BT. He's here to talk about the Cardinals and that dynamic offense. We'll overlook the uh, 3-2 loss to the Nationals. BT, let's just talk about Why you gotta bring that up? the 20 runs that the Cardinals have scored now in their last two games. Uh, so do you think the average for the Cardinals, <laughs> the expectation should be about 10 runs per game? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you want to set the bar low, gentlemen, I, I got two <laughs> words. I got two words that I'm sure uh, that I'm sure have uh, hit the text line over there. Uh, look, Jeff Albert. It's obvious, right? I mean, if, if, if there's somebody to point the finger at, it's old Jeff Albert. He's telling these guys not to hit, and he was feeding them analytics. Mm-hmm. No, it is nice to see, though, isn't it? These it guys is. going out there doing their thing. No, I miss you guys. How you been doing? We're good. BT and right on cue from the 636. I knew Jeff Albert was holding us back. There you <laughs> go, buddy. It's Perfect. That's right. <laughs> uh, BT, first first observations of Jordan Walker. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the kid's going to be special. He really is. And, Anthony, I, I know that you have done a very good job of setting the table for what you believe Jordan Walker is going to be. Again, <laughs> mm-hmm. for those that haven't heard uh, Anthony talk about Jordan Walker, he says that the ceiling is Aaron Judge, which we all know. <laughs> I mean, boy, I mean, it's lofty, lofty expectations. <laughs> And the floor is Giancarlo Stanton. Do I have that right, Anthony? Was that the uh, little sandwich you had there for him? Well, you, you you always confuse this, BT. I said Aaron Judge and Mike Stanton. Okay, yeah, perfect. So even better, honestly. Like yeah. Early in his career, even more dynamic, didn't get injured quite as much. That's so right. So I, I really like that comp, too. Uh, but, man, I just so to, to get a chance, first of all, to – be on the call and be there for his first home run in spring training in big league camp. I got a feeling that that's going to be a home run that we might reference, right? The first time that he's in big league camp and did it, he jumps Johnny Cueto's first pitch. It was an 89 mile an hour sinker and it got out of there in a hurry. Uh, I think it was Mason Wynn that was talking about Jordan after the game. And those two obviously drafted at the same time in the 2020 draft. They're good buddies. And, uh, both of them hopefully are going to be longtime Cardinals. Uh, but he said, look, you hit a no doubter at Roger Dean. That might be 470 easy over at Bush Stadium because the ball just does not travel in Florida at Roger Dean Stadium that well as I look up and a guy hits a home run against Tommy <laughs> Parsons. Uh, but I, ball's traveling today to right in uh, Roger Dean. But like he's he's got a chance to be really special. We've talked about a lot, the power. But uh, you know what I really liked in that game? And everybody's looking at the three-run home run, and rightfully so. It's impressive. But he also legged out an infield single, ground ball to short, showing off the speed. 
as much as we talk about the power potential that he had, he stole 22 bags last year at double A. We don't talk about that enough. And everybody does know that he was a third baseman when he was drafted. Turns out when you have one of the best third basemen in the game and Nolan Arenado, you're going to have to bounce him to another position. So he goes to the outfield. So in this same game, he also makes a play where he has to jump up against the wall. Like these are not normal things for a kid that's transitioning to this new job. And he's done it so well. And all that being said about him on the field, got a chance before the game, before he hit the home run and stuff, and I'm probably good luck for him, chances are, <laughs> to talk to Jordan. And just like you come away from a conversation with this uh, young man just like happy and excited. He's got a huge smile on his face. Like he's just pumped up to be here. You guys uh, and Jamie, I mean, you've lived this life. You've been this guy. I mean, the, this top prospect kid who's coming in. And there are some of them that act like they've got everything figured out, don't have time for anybody. Jordan is just like incredibly attentive, uh, just like respectful, excited. He's pumped to learn from his teammates. You can see him soaking it all in. He's a very easy kid to root for. BT, obviously, look, uh, everything right now has to be, uh, you know, considered like, well, it's just spring training. It's just spring training. But I was telling Anthony earlier, I'm like, this is all we have to go on right now for Jordan Walker. He doesn't have the luxury of stepping into a playoff game and showing us or a regular season game. So when I'm watching the young man play at one, he's an absolute man child to look at. He's huge. And two, you know, I think it was you that talked to us either on the air or maybe in the office. You've been talking to somebody within the Cardinals organization, I believe, that said that he has gold glove potential in the outfield. How much does that help, you know, maybe the uh, fast track him to the majors? I I think it helps. Being a complete player always helps. We know the name of the game. The Cardinals want offense. They want somebody that can really impact this lineup that already has Goldie and Arenado and now Wilson Contreras added to the mix. But you're looking for the thump, and that's like the main thing. And he provides that, and he can also hit for average. But the fact that he's not going to hurt you in the outfield and to the other side of it actually could very well help you in one of your corners, well, that's a great benefit. If you could be a complete ball player, that's great. You can see you can also see him DHing at times. I know that even with Nolan Arenado going to be missing some time, they're not going to put him back at third base. They've got other infielders that can do that. Uh, but no, I, I think that it really, really helps. And to your other point, Jamie, about it just being spring training, it is. It is just spring training. But didn't we see this last year? on another young prospect in Nolan Gorman, the same pressure that was there in spring training, it actually did affect him. And he talked about it because he knew that he had an opportunity to make this ball club. This is when we were talking about the DH position was likely going to be maybe some sort of a split between Nolan Gorman and Juan Yepes. Both of them struggled, thank goodness, because we ended up getting Albert Pujols out of it. Obviously, Corey Dickerson. So, like, those are, those are a couple, you know, you know, uh, baseball works in mysterious ways, as you know. It certainly does. Uh, but but we saw that pressure with Nolan Gorman, and it affected him. It started getting into his swing. It started getting into his head a little bit, and it got to the point where the Cardinals said, look, 21-year-old kid, we're going to send you back out. You're going to be great. You'll be here. But you got a chance to see how he responded to that. We're seeing that with the, we're going to see that with Jordan Walker. The pressure is going to be on later and later as you get into spring training. As you know, the later in camp, that's when your legit big league guys start getting weeded out a little bit more. Your minor league guys are getting sent back, facing a real big league arm. Starters end up going longer. Your late inning leverage relievers will start working in late inning leverage spots. And that's where you really want to see what Jordan Walker is able to do. And if he does 
then awesome. You got a big decision to make. If he struggles, does that mean he's a failure? He's 20, he's 20 years old. Like he is, he's got a chance to be uh, really special, but there's going to be a, a bit of a learning curve for him. So it is just spring, but there's a lot of pressure on a guy like him. It's not like it's just spring for, you know, pick a, a guy that you know is going to be there, a Tommy Edmund or whatever, even though I think this spring's important for everybody. Pressure will be built in. So BT, if we stick in the outfield here for a second, we I haven't had a chance to talk to you um, about Dylan Carlson. One, you know, how important spring training is for him. But let's start with Tyler O'Neill wanting to get the opportunity to move to center field. Now, what's your take on that first? I think that it just tells you how wide open things are, first of all, that all, all the things that we came into this season maybe thinking that uh, it could get blown up very easily. So I, I like that he wants to play center field. We've seen Tyler O'Neill. He won a couple of gold gloves. Uh, Tyler, as we always talk about, has a very unique skill set where he's got the power that he ha- has, the bulging biceps like uh, Anthony Stalter, and he also <laughs> has like easy speed, right? Well, he's figured out how to use that speed in the outfield a couple of years ago. I think that when we first saw him his first year in St. Louis, he was always fast, and we'd look at the sprint speed and say, man, he goes and gets it. Then you look at him out in the outfield, and uh, you guys know this, like playing playing sports your whole life. You know, when you're running after something, if your head's bouncing up and down, it's very hard to catch no matter how fast you're going. Like, that's how he looked early on. Now his head's more quiet when he's running. He's able to track the ball a lot better, uh, which helps him in center field. We've seen him play out there. So uh, I like a competition for center field. I know that you have three outfielders currently that can absolutely play that spot, and him, Carlson, and Newt Bar. But what it does is it just it opens up the corners because Jordan Walker most likely going to play center field for you. Although who who knows at some point maybe you maybe you put him out there. We see Aaron Judge in center. That's Anthony's comp. I like so uh, <laughs> it could happen. Juan Yepes isn't going to play center field for you. You're not going to see Moises Gomez who continues to take advantage of opportunities. Uh, he's not going to go uh, play center field for you. So it opens up the corners for one of these young bats to break down the door and make this roster. So. I like it for him, and honestly, I like it for Dylan Carlson as well because it pushes him. He he knows what's in store for, for him this year. He's 24 years old. I know that Ollie reiterated it on the broadcast today on ESPN that everything is up for grabs. Absolutely everything in the outfield is up for grabs right now. Uh, Dylan, we, we have expected him to be a guy and continue to grow. He took steps backward last year. Now, a lot of those steps, I believe, were due to injury. He ended up having the thumb issue that put him on the shelf late. He had, and the thumb was obviously bothering him far before he went on the IL. He had the wrist. He had the hamstring. It was just a messed up year for him. But this is the year that he has to prove it because the hope is that you have guys that are absolutely pushing him and it's not, hey, we'll put DC in the outfield. He'll start every day and we'll just see what happens. It's the the hope is to say, hey, we put Dylan out in the outfield and he's starting for us in center or right or wherever because we need him there and he's our best option. If he's not your best option, guys, I don't think that he's going to be out there. So, BT, right, kind of circling back to that, Dylan Carlson, yeah, look, what is he, 23, 24 years old? 24, yeah. 24 years old. And, and what do you make of certain comments from people saying, well, this is kind of a make it or break it year for Dylan Carlson? Well, I think that you are at the point with Dylan that you have to find out what he is. So I, to a certain extent, I honestly, even at 24 years old, uh, I, I agree to this level. He, he's a big leaguer. 
he is uh, at the very least right now, he's a league average big leaguer, and that's what his numbers bear out. Even with the struggles last year, he was, I believe, a 101 OPS plus. Again, for anything with the plus on it, anything above 100 is positive, 1% uh, higher than the average. Anything below it is below. So uh, he's a average big league player and that's with all the struggles that he had from the left side but i believe that this is the year that he's gonna have to prove that he's more than a platoon guy like it's a no-brainer to put dylan carlson in the lineup against a left-handed pitcher right now with the numbers that he's put up i could absolutely see uh, a time where you, you have dylan carlson against a lefty maybe he's batting second for you we've seen this a lot tommy edmund leading off you'll see tyler o'neill against the lefty batting second i can see dc in there with the numbers that he's put up the splits are incredible uh against left-handed pitching but what are you facing 75 percent of the time are you facing right-handed pitchers so i do agree to that extent now now is the time for him to prove that he can consistently hit the ball hard against right-handed pitching will his swing will his body allow him to do that he's going to get after every opportunity to prove it bt i wanted to ask you about the new pitch clock rule it's already controversial you saw the red sox lose a game or an opportunity to win a game yesterday when one of their players with the bases loaded was called out because he wasn't set and ready to go in the box uh, we've seen the 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 ball put put in play a lot more the middle of the diamond is now open again for offense which is great I think the new rules have been outstanding how do you feel as a former player and what are you hearing from guys thus far yeah, man, it really is interesting, right? Because I, as you know, guys, like I'm more of a traditional baseball fan. I still want to be on the record, okay? I didn't think baseball was broken. But if you are going to make some rules, we'll go with it, and we'll see what ends up uh, happening throughout it. So during the broadcast, first broadcast Saturday with the new rules, we talked about it a lot because that's the major talking point. Fans are tuning in. I'm wondering, what the hell is this clock on the screen? What does this mean? A countdown to launch? Is Brad pitching? Is there a home run now? <laughs> uh, but, like, there, there's a, it was an obvious talking point coming into the game and coming into the season. But I got to tell you, doing the couple of games, it really wasn't noticeable during the game until the end of the game. Because I believe that our first game that we did on Saturday was like two hours and 36 minutes. And then it was 226, I believe, the second game against the Marlins. But it never felt like the game was like totally going too fast. It just felt like there was enough action to totally stay engaged. I honestly think, uh, again, looking at the whole time of the game, you look at the Cardinals game today. They played the Mets, and it was a freaking slugfest. It ended up being 12-7. That game got done in right around three hours. That's normally a game uh, that that ends up taking what? Uh, and total time, 2.59 was the game today. That game in spring training is pushing four hours generally. You're seeing all of that stuff that you're talking about, Anthony, all of the action that is there. And it, it's just it, it's continually engaging. So I like the way that it worked out. Do I believe that baseball needed to do this? Not necessarily, uh, but so far so good. And, and kind of talking to some of the guys about it, um, it's a mixed bag. Some of the guys are saying, hey, it's going to take a little bit to get used to. I was having a conversation with uh, Matthew Libertor 
people for the game on Saturday. And I was talking to a couple of the members of the media uh, right behind him first. And I said, man, did you guys watch these Cactus League games? He said the first one was over in 231 and the other was over in 228. And, and Libby turns around and goes, what? He said, did they play seven innings? I said, no, <laughs> man. And he said, we play with those rules. We didn't see them that drastic in the minor leagues. Uh, but that was the case there. And he said it was funny. When he got called up last year, uh, when, when he spent uh, a lot of time in the big leagues, he said one of the talking points that the Cardinals kept having with him was, hey, dude, you need to slow down. Like, you need to slow down a little bit, get yourself right, be ready to throw the pitch. And now the talking points are, you better hurry up. So it's kind of a weird one for some of these minor league guys that went from, okay, you play with these rules, then last year you played at the big league level and you didn't have them, you had all the time in the world, to going back to speeding up again. Uh, it's a really interesting time. But I think that the pitchers are going to get used to it. You saw some hitters, to your point, uh, Anthony, with the game that ended with the bases loaded and the guy ends up punching out because he's not ready for the pitch. Major League Baseball, and, and I had, a meet, had meetings in uh, L.A. and Major League Baseball presented earlier this week, and that's, that's the thing they said. They want and will have games end like that. Because they want you to know, especially in spring training, I think it's good that that happened because you'll know that that is going to happen. If you do not follow the rules, the umpire is not going to bail you out. And be like, oh, I know it was a big spot, but we'll just go ahead and do this again. I feel like it, like anything, uh, you know, we're all parents. You can say stuff all you want, but if you don't follow through with it nothing's going to happen. Like, don't do that. Don't. And you're right. still sitting over there drinking your beer. Like your kid is likely <laughs> going to keep doing what they're doing. Chances <laughs> are uh, we saw that with, with the rules that they have right now with the, Hey, you're not allowed to get out of the box. Oh, well, how's that going? Because everybody just got out of the box. They'd walk around and every once in a while. The umpire's like, you know, you're supposed to stay there, but there's nothing. <laughs> Shut there's up. Nothing Dan. That yeah. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, Boomer. But <laughs> yeah, now it's like there are some consequences to it. So I feel like it worked out well. I think that the pace of play was very good. I think when you're watching at home, there are going to be some differences. You might see a great play in the field like, oh, show us the replay. There ain't time. There is no, that happened multiple times. I'm like talking to the uh, the guys in the truck. I'm like, hey, can we see that again? It's like, hey, can you wait till a foul ball because we have like 20 <laughs> seconds uh, before we have to roll this next pitch. So there are going to be adjustments in the way that you view the game and the way that it's it's presented to you. But uh, I don't think that there was anything that was bad about it. And what do you guys think when you're watching the games? And Anthony, you brought this up: the singles, like ground ball singles, that are finding holes. How do you feel about watching the game right now with the new rule? I love it. I mean, look, we can't sit here and bitch about how the game it turned into home runs and strikeouts and how we crave how it used to be where we have the the, the you know the the offense that where you're using the entire field and sacrifice bunts and all this yeah. stuff and then turn around and complain when the ball is put in play and all oh, the shifting, ah, you should have just beat it on your own. Well, players weren't. They're they're what what did they do to beat the shift? They tried to drive the ball out of the park. Nobody's nobody's gonna be standing behind you know, no player is gonna be standing behind the wall. I don't have to worry about getting it over you know this triangle out in right center. Yep. I love it. I think it's and I think that fans that have been apprehensive about it will eventually go back to loving it because at least for us, and and I'll age us all here, that was the game I, I grew up with where the ball goes through the middle and it's like 
man, that's a clean base hit, as opposed to what we've gotten over the last five, six, seven years, which, man, that's a bit. Ba- oh, oh yeah, no, uh, that makes sense. A guy standing right hit there. right to the guy. Behind second base. <laughs> Great. BT, I think that, I think eventually baseball fans are going to love it. Yeah, and I'm sure it's a mixed bag right now, and I feel the same way kind of when I'm when I'm going through stuff and I'm watching stuff, and I, I see. And it happened to uh, Skip Schumacher's team a couple of times. He had uh, different pitchers at the beginning of the inning. The first inning, uh, uh, the, the first pitch of the inning didn't end up happening in time. They ended up starting counts 1-0. Anthony kept going, or Anthony, uh, Skip kept going for clarification uh, to home plate umpire Angel Hernandez, which, you know, Lord oh, knows boy. he had any mm. clarification. And really <laughs> was probably the issue behind, you know, when this started, uh, when the countdown started and when it didn't. But there's going to be some of this. That's why I'm glad that they didn't ease into it in spring training again whether we like it or not the major league baseball was going to do this they were implementing these rules so you might as well jump in as a baseball fan and say okay well let's find out what this looks like they started doing the penalties right off the bat and the guys will learn from it and the slow workers are going to speed up i'm really looking forward to watching giovanni gallegos the first time out on the mound uh i know he worked fields over the weekend and they did work with the clock but there were no real penalties to it in front of a bunch of fans and as we talked about, he's on average 4.8 seconds longer than the clock from uh, from both no runners on and runners on base. So that's going to be a significant adjustment for him. But I think it's working so far. Major League Baseball is getting what they want. They're getting a little bit more action. I feel like we'll start seeing maybe some of the dividends. Actually, uh, gold Cleveland base today during the game because he's quick like a cat. <laughs> and he was he was safe by like, you know, a, a couple inches. Well, now the distance between the bases, 4.5 inches uh, difference. So that's significant. Bang, bang, play like that. He ends up being safe. I think I hope that we see teams push it more offensively. I like seeing steals. I like seeing a player decide to try to take the extra base. Uh, I lo- love the bang, bang plays at all of the bases. So um, I hope that we end up seeing some of this. And here's the, the other big hope that I have. If we get to the end of the season and, and maybe it doesn't even take that long, maybe we get halfway through the season. And Major League Baseball looks at some of these rules, and I don't think it'll be the pitch clocks. I'm pretty sure they're happy with the game times the way that they are. Maybe it's the bigger bases, or maybe it's the shifts. And they just say, you know what? This didn't work out exactly like we wanted to. This did not change the game the way that we wanted. Uh, it didn't have the impact that we believed it would. Well, then then have the, the wherewithal to get rid of something, too, Good to call. get rid of a, a, a rule, because it's so you tried something and it didn't work. I think we've all made this mistake before uh, of, of saying something and be like, well, I guess we're sticking with this. Like, I have to want Tua is going to be out of the league in three years, guys. Like, I, I said it. I put it out there. And now I got I, I to just keep for, rooting for that. For different like reasons, Tua. though, Brad. For, yes. for, for reasons like on the field, like he's struggling, right? Not, not concussions. Not physically struggling. Yeah. Look, I, at this point, I don't care oh, why you can't Brad. get out there. Like, it has to – because I said it, right? Now I got to back this up. Yeah, makes I sense. should be, you know, I should be man enough to say, hey, you know what? What I said was wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And I want Major League Baseball. No, I'm not going to do that today. Sure. Uh, but I think that baseball should do that if they get to that point. No, you're right. I mean, we've said, we saw it with the NFL, right? Like where you can you can throw a penalty flag on pass interference and it just wound up for a choppy game and it muddied everything and it screwed up the tempo. And they said, no, look, we're going to get rid of that. So uh, it makes sense. BT, give the give your best to give our best to your wife and kids for us. And it's good to talk to you again. 
Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys a little bit more this week and then head back to Jupiter, Florida on Saturday. I think I got a run of like four or five games, something like that. So nice. looking forward to it, man. All kinds of action. Excellent. All right, BT. Be good, man. Thanks. All right, fellas. I miss you. You too. Miss you, buddy. Miss you. That's Brad Thompson here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, who will be joining us each and every week here in the Fast Lane. Uh, a lot of times we'll be spending, you know, maybe an hour with him uh, as we get closer to the regular season, but he's going to drop in several times each week. Our guy BT uh, reporting on all things Cardinals with Bally Sportsman West.